Hello, gorgeous people, and welcome to another TV Central one-on-one podcast. I'm Aaron Ryan. This is episode 56, 2023. This is a return podcast for Colin Vastage after interviewing him in October last year for the new series Kitchen Nightmares, which was a rating success for Channel 7. He's the author of Four Kitchens, available now and published by Random House, and also another book titled The Common Sense Cook. He was the restaurant owner of Banksia in Sydney and operates The Castle Ray. Colin has a lovely wife, Jane, and two daughters and lives in Sydney. He's now back to host the new season of My Kitchen Rules, which kicks off Monday, 4th of September at 7.30pm on 7 and 7 Plus. Colin, thank you for joining me again here at TV Central. How are you? I'm fantastic. Well, MKR is back for another season. Um, You start the season by travelling Australia with Manu, um, with contestants cooking beautiful meals in their homes. Do you you think there's a major difference in the result of what a contestant cooks when they're in their home rather than in kitchen headquarters in a studio? Is there some kind of home court advantage? Uh, There is and there isn't. Sort of a double-edged sword. Um, I would say... um, because it's it's very easy cooking in your home for your friends and family. But then when we turn up and you've got all that pressure, sort of every all everything you had planned sort of goes out the window. So all that um you think you think you're on top of it, but you're not. Uh but then when you get to the studio, that's a whole other ball game again. But you're sort of if you get to the studio, you sort of gotta be a little bit match fit, if you know what I mean. It's yeah. like you're you're playing the FA Cup or whatever. So you sort of think you're a bit better, but it does overwhelm a few people. I want to ask you about the emotional connection with cooking. Um, there are two contestants this season which quite visibly see you emotional on camera. There's a lot of people, probably including myself, which are sort of shouting at their screens, you know, come on, this is it's lasagna. <laughs> um, obviously, the, the story connected with the cooking is where the emotion comes in, Um but at the end of the day, you know, it's just an apple pie, for example. Can you help the audience understand the emotion that, that comes about from cooking? Well, the thing is about cooking is I got into cooking from my parents who are great cooks. And so everything for me revolves around the table. Same with my kids now. So, and the background to that story was we were filming early in the year and we just, the whole hospitality industry had lost our good friend, Jock. Um, which was a huge sort of blow to the industry. And it was a very emotional time, even for our crew, the cameramen who sometimes work on MasterChef or whatever. So it was sort of a a big thing. And then you sit down and me and Manu had had a chat like um, out the back about being dads. We were both turning 50. We were both like, wow, imagine that was us and we were not here. We were talking about joking. And what what was the memories you would leave your kids, which led on into this story, which was Rada and probably who'd lost their dad at age two. And we were like, what what a waste that two daughters had, had not got to experience what their dad had um, sort of, you know, left the memories had left behind. And then the dish was, it was a dish they cook on Father's Day. And we were like, 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 here we go. Like just, it was just like a sucker punch. So, and they, they were quite emotional. And like, like if the dish didn't work, um, it it wouldn't, you know what I mean? The story was the story. Like, but the dish was bad. You'd still go the dish was bad, right? That's, it doesn't, I don't care if the, like, I don't, it was all about, but, but it was, um, it sort of connected into why we got into food and us as dads in the stage we are now and kids and food and what food's about. But 
and that that's the background to that to that story. So it was quite. Um, but even if the, the jock thing didn't happen, it was still the the girls were emotional, and it was about something about their dad, and the dish was banging anyway. But I mean, if you just turned up with a lasagna and gave us a story, like you know, it wouldn't be the same. But it's. You know what I mean? There's some dishes that people give a spiel about and you're like, I don't care, man. Like, just let me taste it. And then there's some dishes where you're like, you know what? It's meant from the heart. And that's mm. that's what the show's getting back to what it was. For years, it was all about the heart and the stories. Like, there's always stories, but like some of them really resonate with you as a person and why you got into cooking and why, why you love this industry. Uh, and there's people who cook because they want to cook and it's their life. And then there's... I'm not interested in the 15 minutes fame people. Like I have no interest in those people. I'm interested in people who cook and feel something about cooking because that's why we're there. Mm. Do you think it's a pretty supportive team building season or will there still be a few like mass style dinner parties and some servings of beef Wellington? No, maybe they, maybe they joke too early. <laughs> no, yeah, no. You can edit that out. Uh, uh, maths is a stain on humanity. I'm telling you that now. We're in 20 years' time, we'll look back and go, How do we let people watch this? I think, um, MKR sort of went down that road a little while. I think people panicked years ago and thought, This is the way, this is the TV people really want to watch, and they do get good ratings. But my, my wife stopped our kids watching MKR at one stage when it got to that sort of nasty level, and I was coming home going, I, I filmed this show for six months. And now my kids can't watch it. This is not really where I want to be. And then I sort of wasn't in MKO for a while. And I think when we came back this year, like I was only in two eps last year because I was doing Kitchen Nightmares. And they said, well, we want you to host full-time at my new. And I said, well, it's got to be something that I'm I'm invested in because if it if it goes in the nasty road, like I'm not into that. It's, it's really not my ball game. And mm. I think they just, they let me a man who, be us and this is one of the funniest years you're ever going to see because me and Manu <laughs> we've, all, we've already been in New Zealand like we've worked out our kinks and what 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 to do what not to do what what's funny what's not funny and when we got to Oz we were match fit like we were on fire so we were having a good time and I'm like if any nastiness comes in like there's always going to be drama there's a hundred grand on the line people are are you know they will score high they'll score lower than the mentor well, nastiness is not is not on the cards. Obviously, uh, strategic is on the cards, but um, that nasty is not. And I'm not there for nasty. All right. Good to hear. Um, so you and Manu will be uh, around Australia, of course, in people's homes. And then for the finals at Kitchen Headquarters, Nigella will be uh, joining the two of you. You're already a, a top chef, but in terms of cooking, do you still learn new things from other chefs such as Nigella? Has she, has she taught you any of her secrets? Um, like, like Nigella's, I've always been a fan of, I would say, uh, or had a crush on. Her, um, <laughs> and and then when you meet someone of her stature that like has been in the media a lot longer than me and bigger media, like she, she's Formula One, we're maybe Formula Two, right? Um. <laughs> You got to know, like the alpha dog in the room, um, and respect is a big thing. And they say never meet your heroes, and you meet her. She was amazing. Took her out for dinner with my family. It was great. Um, and then I was talking to her about her making her TV shows or whatever, and she was telling me it takes five days to make one app and the way she does it and and the food, the way she does. It. And I was like, you're always learning. And the day you stop learning from someone who's who's done it bigger and better than you, it's a pretty sad day. Yeah. 
All right. You, you've really sort of spread around this season. WA, South Australia, New South Wales, Victoria and Queensland all taking part. Have you noticed any flavour differences differences between states like like we have in America, like there's cooking that's different from the South and all that sort of stuff? Or, or do we have a pretty unison Australian flavour? Well, with the, sort of with the cast we got, you go to um, WA, they're like, they're banging on about their seafood, which is great. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. They've got great seafood and we've got the best seafood. Of course you have, mate, but we live, it's an island. So don't, you know what I mean? It's different, <laughs> different waters, different temperatures. You get to Melbourne, you've got the restaurant boys who are all restauranty, and you know what I mean? So Melbourne's got that sort of snobby attitude to Sydney. Sydney, you get to Sydney, they're all, you know, we've got the coast and the bridges and we're flash and we're, so it's it's every sort of state has that little inkling of something about it, and yeah. they all like to think that they're the only ones who have it. But you're like, oh, mate, it's everywhere. It's Australia. Well, in terms of the teams, have you noticed any difference with them in the status of the relationships and how that flows through the kitchen? Like, do a mother and son, I suppose, cook differently to a married couple? Well, there's always a hierarchy, as much as they like to say there isn't. Like, if you look at <laughs> Sonia, Sonia, you bring up Sonia and Marcus, mother and son, um, Sonia sort of led the way, and Marcus would follow, but like being a, a, a young son was trying to get the limelight and would overstep the mark, and then she'd slap him back down. Claudine and Anthony, Claudine would lead the way, Anthony would follow. Rad and probably you never knew what way that was going to go because I couldn't work out who was who for half the time. So it was... Um, it is, there's always a hierarchy in the kitchen and one follows, and then maybe on dessert, the next one takes the lead. I mentioned in the uh, intro that you're you're married, I think maybe 17, 18 years, and have um, two gorgeous children, Maeve and Lily, who I hear are not just your biggest supporters, but also your biggest critics when they need to be. Is there any inkling or passion for either of them to follow Dad into the world of food? Not so ever. My, my kids have grown, like since... Since they popped out of the womb, they were on. They, they were in a baby chair under a desk in the office while me and my wife worked. Um, and they've been in kitchens. They they know kitchens are not um a glamorous place to be. They are, you know, it's not TV. They know it's hot, it's sweaty, it's dirty. Uh, but they know good food from bad food. And then as what, yeah, biggest fans. Well, I wouldn't say biggest fans. I would say biggest critics. Like if I'm on TV, they would they they just walk by it. It's just second nature to them. I was like, if I was a kid and my dad was on TV, I would, I would have told everyone. <laughs> it's probably I'm... best that way, though. You know what I mean? Because there's no airs and graces about TV in our house. You'll never get a big head about TV, which is good. Yeah. I'm interested to know that with you being sort of a superstar chef, is every meal at home um, something we'd all drool over? Or is is there still the occasional baked beans on toast and mac and cheese out of the packet? I actually had, <laughs> I cooked dinner last night. It was schmick. I made this vegetarian smoked eggplant dish. Like every time uh -huh. I cook, it's it's on point, right? But then I like to have a snack about half seven. So last night I had beans, cheese on toast and, and English mustard. Oh, there you go. Still had to add in like the English mustard. You can't just have oh, yeah. baked beans on toast. No, 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 no. You got to judge. But let me, every chef, I don't care if you cook the best food in the world, because we grew up learning our craft, especially if you went to London, you had no money. So beans and toast was your staple and you will never like lose that because it's part of your DNA. 
On a different tangent, um, I noticed uh, just recently you decided to wind down your um, restaurant, Banksia, just despite its success. What, what was the reason for that? I don't work with idiots. <laughs> 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 oh, look, the pub wasn't mine, and um, they were they did a refurb on the joint and they were taking it in a, in a, in a sort of direction. Like it wasn't my pub. So they were taking it in a direction. I didn't want it. Uh, I didn't like the way it was starting to look or feel. So, and publicans are, are very annoying people sometimes. So I said, you know what? The times are tough and I've already got a great joint in the city. Um, that's fire and, and does everything we want. So if you're not, if we're working with people who don't want to work our way, do it yourself. Absolutely. Life's um, too, like the hospitality industry is so hard to make money at the minute. And if you've got people who are not on board with you, don't do it. You did mention your other place. Uh, I gather you're referring to Castle Road. Can you, can you tell the audience about that one and, and sort of the type of food that they can expect if they were to pop in? That used to be the old Tattersalls Club. Like I'd never been to it, but apparently everyone else in Sydney used to go to this Tattersalls Club and just get <laughs> raucous years ago, 20 odd years ago. And we we spoke to these guys and they said, we'll give you a whole floor. You do what you want. It's got a balcony. It oversees the city. And I was like, that sounds pretty good. Um, so we took it over and the food is, uh, it's sort of um, middle of the road, bistro, I would say, uh, pub fair. But we make everything ourselves. You get your whole lamb shoulders, we braise. We make a suckling pig sausage roll from scratch. We oh. do. Well, I've got like a little ode to Ireland. We've got the corned beef for Colcannon. You know, we've got beef cheeks on there. So it's good hearty food for this time of year. And it changes with the seasons. And it's just fresh produce at a good prices because now times are tough. And people, if you, if you don't look after them with pricing and good food, they'll go somewhere else. Yeah. All right. I'm into state uh, in November. So I'll definitely pop in and give it a whirl. Um, before you go, just wanted to tick off a few, uh, I guess, news items over the last few months. Um we spoke about this, but I imagine there's there's been a few emotions, the death of um Jocks and Fellow, um, and then a cancer scare. What what, what happened there? Um, well, I was um in New Zealand and you can see someone hoovering outside my house. <laughs> <laughs> I was I was in New Zealand and um I was feeling my I had pains in my stomach and I was like when I digested something, let's just say it didn't stick around very long. And that just kept going for months and I kept putting it off. I got back to Sydney. I put it off. I filmed MKR. I put it off. And I'm like, so I went to the doctor and he said, oh, that sounds like uh, bowel cancer. And I was like, like, really? Like straight off the bat, you could have sugarcoated that a bit. <laughs> so he goes, I'll book you in to see a surgeon in two weeks and we'll go in every way possible to find out what's going on. So for two weeks, I just sat in, didn't tell anyone. I told my wife. And I was like, like, this could be, and Jock had already passed. So you're like, anything can happen. And, and you know what I mean? Look, you're, you're not unbreakable anymore. And I went in and they found out that um, it wasn't cancer, but I had a swollen stomach and a swollen bowel and I had a parasite in my bowel and something else. And it was like, like it could, if I didn't get it looked at, it could have been a lot worse. But it was, and thank God it wasn't cancer, but it was, it was a huge, like, and I've just turned 50. So you're on, you know, it was a big wake up call for me. Yeah, I'm glad everything uh, cleared, though. That's awesome. Um, I want to mention a, a couple of things about the low views. Look, I won't ask you to relive the, the, the tipsy moment because I've read enough articles about that. But more bizarrely, why were you presenting the most outstanding news coverage? I mean, they normally leave that for the likes of, you know, like, say, Tracy Grimshaw or Lee Sales. What were you <laughs> yeah. and Poe doing presenting a, 
and use award. We actually brought it up the week before. We're like, I think we're in the wrong award. Like, like I just, I don't get it. But anyway, two chefs and one is rogue and one is quite straight. Paul's beautiful and quite nice. And I actually wasn't that tipsy. I was just bored. I was just like in a room full of people who don't like, like big up to Sam Payne. He had it like the Logies is a tough crowd. They're a horrible crowd. They don't want to laugh at jokes. They don't want to do anything. They just sit there. They're too cool for school. I get up there like I'm already on. I'm not going to win anyway. And um, I was just like, we're presenting a helicopter crash or something else. So I was like, this is bizarre. And um, it was it was it was quarter to ten at night, and I was like, I'd rather just be watching this at home, um, eating a pizza. And then I, my joke just bombed, and I'm just like, I'm over this. You know what I mean? Anyway, I'm being positive. Let's just get it done and dusted and get out of here. It was a little bit bizarre, but anyway. In other Logie news, there's always some fierce or at least healthy rivalry between networks. Seven was up for best reality show with Farmer Wants a Wife. Nine had the block. Was it just me or did every person, every network, every executive, uh, whilst passionate about their own shows, had this overwhelming desire to see MasterChef win this award? Um, it just seemed like an opportunity to to honour job. I, I think... Like there was a few people upset that obviously the different channels didn't win, but it made it, it only had to go one way. I'm telling you now. Like mm-hmm. if it had a went not to, to MasterChef, I think it would have been a bit of a disappointment. Because it was sort of the, the last hurrah, I would say, to honor, you know, the a host. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. after that, like it's it's and and it's good for his family or whatever. But I mean, because once now they're not in the media, like it's gonna be very hard on the family. Because now you've got to deal with it. Be, be prior to that, it's all glitz and glam and it's we're going to go out good. But now you're left on your own to deal with this great loss. So I think it was it was a very fitting um, way to go. And even if it was MKR was up against MasterChef, we, we would have went. Like, it's it's the only way to go, really. Yeah. Finally, uh, Colin, MKR's done in terms of you filming. Bankshire is, is done. You finished up with that. What, what's next for you? Uh, in three weeks, I go to New Zealand with my good French friend uh, to do MKR New Zealand. So we're over there for two months. Then I think I'm back for two weeks and we're in talks about filming a show in Mongolia, of all places, which is sort of on the lines of no reservations and oh. you know, sort of show. So we're going into Mongolia along the border of Russia, which I don't think is too clever, but what do I know? And then... Huh. Um, we're doing sort of a, uh, it's it's a food show, but sort of a meet and greet and, and just looking at the world from a different perspective. Um, so we've got that. And then next year, hopefully MKR fires and we're back on track with that. So this has been one of the busiest years I've ever had, actually. And um, there is talk of Kitchen Nightmares coming back, which is a good show. But yeah. that, that that's a lot of work mentally to get that one through the year because mm-hmm. you're just that's not just you know telling people good and bad food you've got to go into people's businesses and there's a lot of tears there's a lot of drama in that one so that's you got to work yourself up to that one yeah fingers crossed that's actually one of my personal favorites i love uh kitchen nightmares that was great well looking forward to the new season of my kitchen rules which can be seen um monday the 4th of september at 7 30 p.m on 7 and 7 plus um thanks very thanks colin for joining me Thanks for having me. And I think everyone will be surprised this season with the how funny it is, actually. Yeah. 
Yeah, you and Manu should be should be awesome. Well, that's it for this podcast. For all the latest television news, streaming options, ratings, television guides, and podcasts, head to tvcentral.com.au. Until next time, I'm Aaron Ryan. Thanks to Colin Fastnage and good luck with MKR. Bye for now. Mm-hmm.